0: You know, up until that point, like, even though I identified as polyamorous, like, I still struggled for my first experience when someone else was also in love with someone else at the same time and, like, really struggled with what that meant and how I felt about that. So it hadn't been easy up to that point, but then, like, like, I saw that, and it was just like these fireworks went off inside of me, and I didn't understand it. I was like, that, like my body shouldn't be feeling this way to seeing this. It's never felt this way before.
1: If you're happy with the same old ways of dating,
0: if you enjoy sucking at communication,
2: and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you.
0: But if you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships,
2: broaden your sexual horizons,
0: develop a better understanding
2: of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. and I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi Podcast.
1: That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's all we needed.
2: That's so Wait. That
1: was close enough. That's close yeah. enough. It's fine. No, that
2: was perfect. On this episode of the Multiamory Podcast, we're recording live at our first ever patron-only retreat in beautiful Lake Tahoe, California. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sorry neighbors.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That's right. Uh, so we've been spending the weekend with some of our amazing Patreon supporters. And we've asked them to submit questions, come up with questions for us to answer live on this episode. We do have a quick disclaimer for all of you sitting here in front of us. Uh, We're not recording video of this episode, but we are recording audio, so... If you don't want to be recorded, sit there silently and like pantomime cheering or or whatever it is.
0: Or <laughs> don't Perfect. use your most identifiable cheer mm. that you yeah. have under or your voice, belt or if something. You don't want people to recognize your voice.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. If you have like a signature cheer that everyone knows, it's like, oh uh, yeah, that's Jace's cheer. I know that one. You know, you use a different one.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we got some questions uh, that y'all sent in in advance. Um, Depending on how we're doing on time, we might also have more time if if anyone thinks of stuff during this. So you can kind of keep that in the back of your head. We'll let you know, you know, as as we're there, we'll kind of look at the time and also see how cold it is because it does get cold here very quickly once the sun goes down. Yeah. Uh, And we're recording outside. Mm -hmm. Is this our second ever episode recording outside? See, immersion. Yeah. Dogs. There's going to be dogs. Woodland creatures. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we recorded one other episode outside just because we wanted to yeah. once, mm-hmm. uh, like a year ago.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but now we're doing it again. I mean, it's
0: like it's the way podcasting was supposed to be. <laughs> In I don't. Nature. I don't think I
1: agree with that.
2: <laughs> no, back when we were all tribal people and we'd gather around the podcasters and they would. <laughs> you know, they would
0: tell their stories. <laughs> tell yeah, stories. that's perfect.
2: <laughs> Uh, okay. So should we just jump right into a question?
0: Yeah, we can just jump right into it. And so, um, you know, we had people submit their questions and people could decide whether or not they wanted themselves to read it uh, on the recording or whether they wanted someone else to read it or whether they wanted to be totally anonymous.
1: Um, Pretty much everyone said that Shut they up, wanted dog. to read it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, dawg. Uh-huh.
2: Anyone know that?
1: Uh,
0: what is it? The Natalie D video? Yeah. Shut up, Doug where you come from, dog? Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm making some wiener wings. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Shut up, dog. (laughs)
0: Anyway, it's not important. What's important Mm -hmm. is uh, the first person that's going to come up and ask a question, which is Kenzie. Woo! Woo! (laughs) We got it. We got what you said. Um, Yeah,
1: because you actually have two, so so this is your first one. Come right
0: there at that corner. Don't come all the way up on the stage, please.
1: Whoa! (laughs) 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 Cancel (laughs) (laughs) Claire. Oh my God. (laughs) You <laughs> you're you're absolutely right you did you did thank you for reminding <laughs> us of that this
0: is on my credit
1: card. you're absolutely right
0: explain it uh it's most important <laughs> that our zoom recorder hears you so that's why okay. that's why if you're up here then it's you're like talking into my wine and like that's not good okay. you know just up right. it, I think. <laughs> anyway there you go oh
1: my gosh mm. <laughs> all right
3: so, this is something I've been struggling a little bit with my current relationships. Combating uh, sort of scarcity mentality in relationships, sort of twofold both uh, the anxiety with partners you don't necessarily get much time with to really like make the best of the time that you have and maybe having more trouble when things go wrong. Or the expectations that relationships don't stick around, so mm. things not working out in the moment—it's the only chance for it to work out.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Just the idea mm. that the anxiety around relation- needing things to work out right when it's happening, because you're not going to get much more.
1: Mm. Are you also talking about like scarcity in terms of your time yeah, with everyone yeah. as well? Yeah. Okay, just having a limited amount of it.
3: Yeah, on the being on the receiving end of that. I say, and the way it affects. Uh, the importance of the time you spend together
1: sometimes mm. negatively totally totally right. yeah yeah, yeah
0: so yeah. it seems like yeah it's like the stakes are also higher yes, because higher it feels state. like there's a scarcity of time and so mm-hmm. yeah everything and if it like-
1: doesn't go as perfectly as you want it to in the moment then that can be challenging yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, okay yeah thank you thank you for your question we'll we'll ask you if we have more clarifying, more clarifying questions about <laughs> yeah. it.
0: you can sit down yes yeah, I mean it's thank up to you, you I
2: suppose <laughs> I just thought you'd be more comfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> gosh, we really should have figured this out beforehand. We thought
1: thought we thought of everything, but unfortunately we did not.
0: I feel like at least recently, I feel like with my clients that I work with, I tend to go through phases of where for some reason kind of organically, like the same piece of advice keeps coming up. And recently, like the past couple months or so, I found myself telling people a lot, like, it's okay, like, you you probably have more time than you think that you have, at least as far as in the sense of the stakes, I suppose. Like, it's okay, like, this relationship doesn't need to get escalated right now. You know, maybe even this fight doesn't need to get resolved right now in this moment. Like, you don't need to make these plans right now. And I know, I feel like we're so conditioned, at least particularly in the West, we're so conditioned that it's always, you know, time is money, right? And so it's like, there's no sense in dragging your feet and wasting time and taking your time, really. Um, so, I mean, I think there's something there in that, like, at least I find for me, it when I feel myself feeling kind of like that time anxiety is letting myself slow down and breathe and really examine, like, okay, like, what are the things here in this relationship that really are truly time-sensitive and, like, I need to figure it out now or I need to tell this person this now? And what can actually have some time and some space and some air around it. Like what's not all going to fall apart if there's some time there. And I think these two will attest that I'm like really terrible at that in the rest of my life. I like, I'm definitely in the rest of my life thinking like everything needs to be figured out right now or else it's all going to fall apart. Um, Which is not true. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's my, my part of that.
2: I, I also wanted to just add that I definitely relate to having that feeling that that's something that especially, Earlier on in my relationship with Dedeker, that was something that we experienced a lot and that I experienced a lot because our time that we got to spend together was more limited then. And so there was this sort of like every time we get to see each other, whether that's only once a week or whether it's because she's out of the country for four months and I don't get to see her till after that or, you know, kind of whatever it was and it changed over time. But it was there is that temptation to be like everything has to be meaningful, <laughs> like mm-hmm. at these these are the last memories we get, like they all have to matter. And the irony of it, of course, was that that led to a lot more stress and like a lot less enjoying that actual time that we had together. And it's funny because I think that just I think being in a relationship a little bit longer helps to just give a little more perspective. But mm-hmm. even then just the other day i was packing cuz i was coming back to the states before dedeker like a week before and we started getting a little bit stressed about like everything we need to fit in and like everything we want to do together before we're apart for a week <laughs> and then we're going to be together again <laughs> for a month and it's that still kicked in like that that i don't know if it's an instinct but like that sort of reflex to want to make everything precious and meaningful, which actually just made us really stressed out. And luckily, because we'd been there and had acknowledged it in the past, we were able to say to each other, wait a minute, we're doing that thing, huh? Like, we're going to see each other in a bit. And even if that were a longer amount of time, be like, we're going to see each other. Let's just enjoy the time that we have, even if that means we're not going to do all 10 of these things that were on our to-do list, you know, that we haven't gotten to yet that our time together is more important than being able to say we did a specific thing, you know,
1: I, what resonated for me about this question was, um, that I, I really hear what you're saying. And like all of these things about time being this scarce thing that we all have. And I know for myself, I often try to put so much, so many things into like a week or into a day even, and I feel as though I really need to get shit done and be there for everyone who needs me in that week, Um, which includes them, which includes my nesting partner wants a certain amount of time with me, which includes my friends, which includes time for myself to be able to go to yoga and like do things that matter to me that help me reset. And I know that it's incredibly important to let yourself off the hook sometimes if you don't get that time or if you don't give the time that everyone is requesting of you um yeah that's a thing that i tend to need to remind myself a lot is like let myself off the hook uh because it is really impossible sometimes and you can't you just simply cannot always do everything that everyone expects or wants from you and that is okay it really is so i guess i just urge you to like know if people are there for you and care about you, then they'll understand that maybe at times you need to just be like, you know what, I'm going to drop this ball right now and be there for myself. And that, to me, is the most important thing at this moment, and please respect that.
0: You don't have to be making coffee for everybody all the time. We appreciate it, and they, I'm sure they
1: do too. <laughs> you can
0: just make it for yourself and be selfish. Mm-hmm. Is, I just wanted to clarify a little bit. Is it? Are you finding that it's a case where it's it's like you know, myself and this certain partner, we only get so much time together. And so that means that it all has to be like special and meaningful and positive, And we can't dig into any negative things or is it something different, more along the lines of just feeling kind of anxious about it?
2: Uh,
3: <laughs> 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 um, I guess uh, it's a little bit of both. Necess- not necessarily that it all has to be positive, but it all has to be like connective. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
3: So we can like processing like stuff with us, doing work in the relationship right. still feels like a good use of my time mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, Right. right yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess my question is like my question would be like just as kind of like a thought experiment is like what amount of time would I have to spend with a partner, where it would feel okay to not have one hundred percent of the time be connective Are you asking me <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm asking kind of theoretically, <laughs> but you don't have to have an answer for that, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I, I think that's kind of funny, because like, especially the word of your question, you said specifically, like, uh, you know, I don't want to squander the little time that we have. And I think that's like a wonderful sentiment that like, of course, I think I don't think any of us want to squander the time that we have with our partners, but to a certain extent, on like a day to day basis, we kind of do of like adulting or whatever you know and so that's I'm my just question like,
2: i just want to play video games tonight <laughs> like, like let's can i please that. just
0: squander our time for once <laughs> <laughs> um, i guess that's kind of my question is like where's the tipping point where it like for some reason it feels more comfortable having not 100 percent of the time being super connected or meaningful and i don't know maybe like thinking about that will bring some insight possibly and I yeah. think
1: there can be beauty in like the little things in those times where you're just hanging out together, and I don't know, playing video games together or being in a room together with one another. Spending their time together. But it, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I don't. I think it's it doesn't need to be a negative thing. It can be like a beautiful thing to just
2: you know enjoy the minutia. Yeah, well, I think it is one of those funny things too that you know, especially when we first start dating someone and maybe we only see them once a week or once every other week or once a month or something like that, that we're kind of always like, gosh, I just wish I had more time. And then on the other side of it, we'll have that partner that we end up moving in with. We're like, basically all of our time is squandered (laughs) because you're having to live a life, right? You're having to maintain a household. You're having to just do your normal stuff. And so it is kind of this weird thing where on the one hand, we're like, God, if only we had more time and then when we have all the time then we waste all of it because it's like well nothing special <laughs> anymore what is, i mean what is so wasted time you know? well, yes. yeah. i guess that's my point is that's that none of it's point. wasted in either Real way we're multi
1: what yeah yeah what yeah.
0: is time Mo- <laughs> <But> multi-existentialism <laughs> <one> time? <laughs> what <Yeah>. is time
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you so much, thank, thank you, much. do you feel yeah.
0: full yeah. does that I feel feeling okay awesome. awesome. that's <laughs> thank you
2: thank you all
0: right Okay, yeah, do we want to move on to our next question, yeah, next person? I think so,
1: yeah. So, Aaron, you are the next one. So, uh, you three have run multi-amory for
2: over 3 3 years now. Almost 4. Almost It'll 4. It'll be yeah. 4 next month. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. We're Thank you. <laughs> I know. Um, okay. so along with like that also so goes good. with the development of this thriving community—like uh, we're all here—and you all have your busy, like, polyamorous lives as well. In that same time, I've seen a number of community leaders get burnt out from all the work that they do, um, and all the work that they do to like get things going and keep things running. Uh, what tips can you give us on preventing that burnout? How have you kept things going strong all this time? Uh, we kind of all know that you three are poly-superheroes, but damn. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh,
1: stop. <laughs> only when uh, Anthony makes us into them. Yeah, only yeah. when we're drawn as superheroes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if I can start off that one, I I really would attribute the lack of burnout to the two people sitting next to me. And I think just the fact that it's three of us makes a huge difference. That And that we also have finally been able to, like, delegate tasks to mm-hmm. others. And you know, have an amazing social media wizard and he's also our assistant. And then, you know, the lovely Mauricio mm-hmm. who edits everything. And then, you know, all of you lovely people who helped us plan this retreat.
0: All our moderators for exactly. the Patreon community. Yeah, yeah.
1: that that is a, a huge help. Like it does take a village to raise a child and this is our baby podcast <laughs> child. So <laughs> that, um, I think that makes a world of difference. And just when any one of us is like, oh my God, this is so tough. I don't know if I can keep doing this, then the other two will kind of build them back up.
2: And, and it has happened. The, these two are actually like... just reminiscing the other day about a time. That was yet, like two days, yesterday. Yeah, like yesterday? On the drive up, up, on on the the drive drive up, up yeah. <laughs> that they were reminiscing about a time a few months into us doing this podcast when I like broke down being like, what What are are we we even doing? (laughs) doing? No one's going to listen to this. This Why are we doing this? We we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Like who are we to say anything? But having, but yeah, having the two of them for those moments, for me, for them to be like, no, stop it. Like, come on. We've gotten some people already who have said, this has been helpful for them. Mm. You know, let's keep going with it. And I think that, that yeah, having three people as much as that, also adds layers of complication to it, like really has helped a lot mm-hmm. to get through those times when you have that crisis of like, who am I to, to run anything? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know?
0: Well, those are all better answers than I was going to give.
2: <laughs> I doubt that. It's <laughs> well, like caffeine and booze. Like, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> no, I was like, we made a little podcast too, where I mean, we drink sure. the entire time. Like, <laughs> that became our outlet. Oh. <laughs>
1: hashtag watch bible study i yeah. mean
0: yeah i don't know i guess that's the thing is is um like burnout it, it like happens like it happens you know and i think that um i mean i think that when we first started this first of all a couple things like when we first started this it was just kind of like let's make a podcast and that was about the extent of what our dream was was like we're just gonna make a podcast together um it was a pipe dream yeah and then uh you know, then the community kind of sprang up. Like, like I don't feel comfortable taking credit for like starting the community. It's like the community kind of like showed up Mm -hmm. and like kind of started itself and like cobbled itself together. And, and I think, yeah, I was talking about this earlier today that then kind of retroactively we had to be like, Oh gosh, like what are our intentions for this? Who is this going to serve? How are people best going to be served? Like what kind of space do we want to create that? It wasn't like we started out with this vision of like, we're going to create a community, but that's become such an integral part. And, Honestly, you know, the podcast and everything that goes into making a podcast, the editing and the writing and the producing and the marketing and reaching out to guests and, uh, you know, helping to run the community and making all these decisions, you know, it's so much work, but the community itself also, um, I find to be very life-giving as well. Like that's kind of the ironic thing. And I guess honestly, like I've never had a child and I know some of you do have children. And so I don't want to offend anyone by comparing our podcast to having a baby. Cause I know it's probably just a fraction of the work, um, <laughs> but this is probably the closest thing I'm going to have to having a baby. Honestly, are these projects like writing the book or like having the podcast. And so I think similarly, it's kind of like, this is so much work, but then seeing it grow and seeing good things happen or s- even seeing Disagreements get worked out, or, or seeing a community evolve and thrive—that in itself is really um, validating and affirming, and helps to keep keep us going even when there's burnout. You know, Absolutely. because we know that, like, I don't know, someone's listening. I guess, <laughs>
1: hopefully, yeah, you know? yeah. So, thank you all for being there for us when we most need it, because we definitely read your reviews and go on to the multi-amory Patron Only Facebook group mm-hmm. and. You know, see what you have to say on there and that makes a huge, huge difference to us. Yeah, so we wouldn't
0: we wouldn't be here in Tahoe by ourselves recording this four years <laughs> later without like any all, of you sitting out
2: there. That'd, that'd be really weird. Every and, single one of you, yeah. 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 I don't know. That sounds kind of fun.
0: (laughs) Can you talk about super random? Can you talk about the podcast video game you and your brother wanted to make? What? Oh, yeah.
2: So my my brother um, also has a podcast and he um, is also um, um, an agent for podcasts who do live tours and things like that. Um, someday we'll be big enough that he'll represent us, I hope. Um, He's <laughs> been crossed. a wonderful,
0: wonderful, very generous source of knowledge. He's and yes. been nice. great, yeah. Nice. yeah.
2: But he and I were talking about making a video game about making a podcast. And the way the video game goes is, so you you buy the video game, and it's a pretty expensive one because it comes with a lot of extra peripherals like <laughs> microphones and things like that that you <laughs> plug into your computer. Oh, my
1: God. And
2: you you, know, you press the record button, and you record a podcast, and then you see like a, a ratings <laughs> thing or a you know downloads thing that just kind of behaves randomly but generally is just very low uh and then and that's it and nothing happens and, and you just keep talking into like a black screen forever and, and that's all that ever happens and then
0: maybe if you played the game for six months straight maybe
2: maybe something maybe happens, something
0: yeah, happens.
1: Right. <laughs> but just how it sounds like a riveting game <laughs> <laughs>
2: But just how much it is, it can feel like talking into this black box. And so at first it was like getting any of those little things, like getting a review or getting an email or getting a, a tweet from somebody or something like that. And then it was, oh my gosh, people are actually joining the Patreon and joining the Facebook group and like, oh my gosh, like people actually want us to do another thing or like people say, Hey, we want to contribute to you doing a tour or right. Like it just, it just then grew without us even knowing kind of what we were expecting or like what the goal was. It's not like, like this, like this community we were talking about that. I felt like we made that a sort of a, maybe people would like a space where they could talk to us and then it's turned into a place where all of you talk with each other. And, and don't like, talk to don't Again, really want to talk to you us. don't even need us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Right? <Where laughs> that, like, you that's you are the community. Out. Like yeah. all of
2: you are the reason why that community is something special yeah. and why that's something that people talk about, how meaningful it's been in their lives. It's not because like, I get to text Jason, Dedeker, and Emily. It's because <laughs> I found all of you. Yeah. Um, so that's, I guess that's part of it. I know we're getting a little philosophical and not just answering your question, mm-hmm. but but thank you for that. Um, but I think also just being willing to, to adapt and like having people help us and having people tell us when we could be doing yeah, stuff asking better. Asking
1: for help. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think that, cause I think that's a big part is like having multiple people on a team who are proactive contributors. Um, I mean, I think it is possible. Like, you know, one person has one person steps forward, has this vision for creating something and they can enroll other people and get people excited about that. But
1: they probably even would need. Other people to help. Yes,
0: that's the thing. Is I I think being able to find a way to balance the load to a certain extent, where there's enough people excited to kind of bring that drive and that passion to it, so that it's not just one person's passion fueling the whole thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. as like noble and romantic as that sounds.
2: Yeah and I think it, we didn't do this one but it probably it probably helped to be independently wealthy like that would probably <laughs> yeah, make it easier Yeah it does help
1: I'm, I'm pretty help. sure that helps most things Yeah, yeah. If, you, if
2: you didn't also have to have a job or like <laughs> you know do other yeah. things that'd be good mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's my tip yeah. P- pro tip <laughs> uh-huh. for- <laughs>
0: Or, yeah, make a podcast um, either that's directly about sex or about true crime. That's the other tip Mm. that we found to make it a lot easier to launch, apparently, these days.
2: Yeah, that's not really about community building, but but if you want a successful podcast, (laughs) if you could have, like, a true crime sex podcast... (laughs) you have got it made true sex
0: crimes podcast That's awful to listen to that's really to. well oh, a lot God. of
2: the, I mean that is the content of a lot, of the, but true it's true. Crime a lot of the true
0: crimes podcasts are awful to listen to at the same time so
2: not because <laughs> they're bad people we love you guys who do all those podcasts <laughs> we just mean the stories are mm-hmm. awful yeah. <laughs> all right we should move on before yeah, we just yeah. yeah. Keep,
1: let's, uh, let's continue let's keep this ball well, so rolling. our
4: next person is Mandy okay I'm an English teacher so I wrote this like an English no, this teacher No, this, <laughs> <was great. laughs> this was great this was great um I've recently been reading Kevin Patterson's book, Loves Not Colorblind, and I'm finding it very interesting and enlightening as a white polyamorous person and also as a committee member of an EM group, ethno- ethical non-monogamy group in the LA area. In the section, Fostering Inclusivity for White Folks, Patterson says that if we're going to foster diversity in our polyamorous communities and in our social circles, We have to go straight to the source of what causes the divisions in the first place. This process, first and foremost, requires introspection. I believe that introspection is a continual process, and I'm quite introspective about these issues myself, but I'm wondering what that process has been like for you three so far. So in question format, (laughs) as white polyamorous people what has your process of introspection regarding race been like? Have there been any, been any challenging incidences within the polyamorous community that have made you reconsider your internal biases? What do you think are the most important steps you have taken or can take to make the polyamorous community more inclusive for a POC? Mm-hmm. People of color.
0: That's
1: great. Thank you for that. Uh,
4: could I, so there's,
0: uh, there's, you know, a couple different moving parts to this question. Um, is it okay if I comment on the introspection thing well, first, yeah. actually? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, first of all, who has anyone here read Kevin Patterson's book? I know we interviewed yeah, him. Got a few, few hands yeah, yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely, if you haven't, definitely it's go wonderful. get it. It's phenomenal. It's fantastic um, and very very accessible also at the same time. Um, yeah, the introspective process has been really interesting. And I, I think what I've seen with a lot of like white peers of mine that definitely within the past couple of years, I think for a lot of people has been the first time that people have been confronted with having to think about issues behind race and racial inclusivity. Because I think that for a long time, for a lot of white people, even liberal white people, there was a lot of complacency around kind of the sense of like, if I'm not actively being racist, like if I'm not using racial slurs or if I'm not discriminating against somebody, then like, it's really not my problem. You know, I can say that those people are bad, but like, that's kind of where the buck stops. And I think that that was a really common sentiment for quite a while. I know. I think that that's definitely what I embodied for several years up until just a few years ago, until that introspective process actually started. Um, And I found for me since then, like, you know, since at least I've personally started broadening, like the types of, voices that I consume. So for instance, you know, you know, following Twitter accounts of people of color or people who are not like me, people who are non-cis, you know, people who are queer, things like that, um, that I found um, something that's been true for me, that's been true in my relationships in general, that coming from kind of a mindfulness background, that if I feel discomfort or if I feel a need to get defensive about something, like that's actually a great signal to keep looking within and i think that what we see online right now is a lot of like if people feel defensive about being called out on something it's a signal to i need to defend myself you know and i need to talk about why this isn't true i need to invalidate this person's experience or i need to make sure that people know that i'm a good white person for instance um And I think for me, it's been changing that process of realizing like, no, if those feelings come up or I feel like, well, I'm not like that or I shouldn't be called out for this, like that's a key to go inward and to interest, you know, introspect. Is that is that a verb? Introspect
2: is be introspective. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
2: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
2: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. (laughs) The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection.
0: I'll, I'll use it like, as a verb. All right, <laughs> all right go ahead. Af- you
1: can do whatever you want. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> to introspect, yeah. Yeah,
0: to introspect even further into like, well, what is it that makes me feel defensive right now? Like, could my actions be looked at very differently from someone from a very different background of mine? Um, and and then also realizing that it's kind of like my discomfort or sense of defensiveness Um as a person who lives in relative privilege, those feelings don't really matter. Mm -hmm. You know, like they don't really matter. Like I don't get to unload them onto somebody because they don't really matter. They don't really change things unless I internalize them, look at them and then actually use that to fuel changing my behavior, doing something different or something more proactive. Um, So that's my little monologue on (laughs) introspection. (laughs) Sorry Mm -hmm. for wandering a little bit there. As far as like, Uh, You know, things happening in the polyamorous community or things that like we've tried to focus on as a podcast of trying to make things more accessible and more inclusive. Um, You know, obviously, like as we build our platform, trying to continually to um, highlight voices of people who are not like us, you know, continually trying to bring on guests who are people of color when researching guests specifically. Like I know for me, like if there's a particular topic I want to bring a guest on for taking kind of the extra step of instead of going to like the most famous person or maybe the first person who shows up first in the Google search result is like, is there anyone who's like basically not a straight white man talking about this Um, or not a white person who is talking about this topic, who we could bring on to the podcast and help kind of center their voice for a while as well. Um, As far as like steps in the future, um, definitely like our staff on the podcast is still relatively small. Um, I definitely see a future where, again, as we're able to outsource like production a little bit more, um, something that I loved about Kevin Patterson's book was um, just the great importance of bringing in people of color into positions of leadership or administration on your project, even if you don't think your project has anything to do with race or anything to do with inclusivity, like still doing it anyway to bring that perspective in. And so, you know, I also envision like, if we got more of a production team, like, you know, bringing in people who are not like us to be line producers or who are on more of our marketing team, things like that. um, Something that I would also like to implement, and I think we're actually pretty close to being able to implement this, um, would be creating a model wherein we could uh, pay our guests, which is not a standard podcast model at all. so not only paying guests for their time and for being able to share their experience, but also setting that at a sliding scale where people who come from multiply marginalized identities could receive more potentially. Um, so, I mean, that's just some of like many, 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 many things that can be done. Um, but I think as far as like practical things, one of my biggest takeaways from Kevin Patterson's book was, and I think this kind of ties in a little bit to Oren's question on community building, um, is just having the foresight to bring in people not like you at a leadership, at a foundational, like, creative level on a project, you know, even if your first instinct is to kind of think, like, that, you know, that that's not necessarily needed. Yeah. So Sorry, I talked a long
1: time. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, when uh, Ruby Bowie Johnson was on the podcast and I asked her the question – is there something that we um, as white or white passing can do? Like it, what, from your perspective, is something that we can do to be more inclusive? And the thing that she said, which was so wonderful, is it's not up to us, it's not up to people of color or anyone in a marginalized community to tell you, the privileged people, what to do. It's up mm-hmm. to you to figure that out. And that was a moment for me where I was like fuck okay (laughs) yes you are absolutely abso-fucking-lutely right and i really need to check myself like i i am mexican and native american and a bunch of different things but i am very white passing and have lived in that privilege my entire life so i definitely know like i have to check myself all the time with ever thinking like okay i don't know what i should be doing i need i'm trying to look to someone else to tell me what I should be doing, but instead the question that I should be asking is, what more reading can I do? What can I do more to be an ally? What can I do more to, you know, educate myself about all of these things that I need to be better about? And I guess, yeah, with the podcast as well, that's something I think that we have continued to hopefully step up and become better about. And again, like the community has told us, all of you have told us when we have fallen by the wayside in that way, or in any way, like, hey, you said something that I didn't appreciate, or you said something that was triggering. And for all of you to be able to tell us that is incredibly important as well, um, regardless of what it is. And so, yeah, I think just the continued education that keeps happening is something to hopefully move us all forward as a community and for the three of us to continue, I guess, making the community at large more inclusive.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like you both already said so much of what we talked about when after we read this question. Um, something that, like, this was definitely something, I guess to go back to the question of, like, what has that process been like for us, that it was something that came up for us somewhat early on, I'd say, like, within the first year or so, is when we started realizing, like, shit, like we really offer a a somewhat narrow perspective on what this is and pretty much all the other voices about polyamory out there are coming from basically the same perspective of mostly straight ish, or at least like can pass for that white people. Right. And so that, I mean that, that was a process that we started early, but it is like the thing that's still going on and that even something, you know, as, as little as like getting this question, like, we go back into it of that, like, are we doing enough? Like, what else could we be doing, right? Like, it is, and uh, to echo what Emily said, I do really appreciate that we have listeners who are willing to mm. ask us those things, and especially to tell us when we're wrong too. Mm. Well, right, and yeah. especially to offer us, you know, their their ideas or ways that we can do that better. Because um, while, like, yes, that's not anyone's job to tell us how to do that. Um, we appreciate that because I know that it is a risk. Like if you listen to someone who makes content that you like, and there's something you notice, that's just like, I like what you're doing. Like, but you say these things that are belittling of something that I am. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't realize that. I don't know because of like, like what Dedeker was saying, what we see online is people just get defensive, you know, people, you know, like we we don't need to listen to you. Like, fuck off. I'll I'll defend myself instead and talk about why you're a jerk or why you're too sensitive or whatever it is. Like, I get like that's the experience that that you know. Even if 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 we were to write into someone who says something that we feel like is marginalizing to a community that we're in, a lot of times that's the reaction you get. So like, I understand that that barrier of like, is it worth? my time of possibly getting shit on to express this feeling that I have. And so I really do appreciate the people who have done that with us. Um, cause as hard as that is for us sometimes to hear, and I know it's hard for them to write it sometimes, like that's been a big part of us of, of like fostering that introspection and letting us know even what things to inter introspect about, <laughs> right? Yeah, <good> point. <laughs> <laughs> because, cause that's, I mean, that's part of the, Part of the problem, right, is that mm-hmm. with any kind of mm-hmm. privilege is that you don't see it, right? And that and until you there's some way for you to learn that, you just can't, right? And so, like Dedeker said about finding ways to be more proactive about learning that rather than waiting for someone to tell us mm-hmm. that, but trying to Absolutely. read people's things. And then the other part, too, is um, when people tell you about their experience of something, of just believing them instead of trying to tell them how it would be different if it was happening to you. Uh, and just just like hearing people just and actually listen. believing them when yeah. they tell you that their experience is a certain thing or that something is a certain way for them or has been a certain way for them. I think that is very powerful. And, and I would say like embarrassingly is surprisingly hard to learn sometimes to just like believe people because that's not always the most comfortable thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, and I guess, like, I guess to give a little bit of a call to action that I feel like is a very easy step in this direction, at least for people who are white or white passing privileged, is the thing is like, as shitty as it is to be on the internet, sometimes, um, it is a terrible
2: place, it (laughs)
0: is like, such an amazing time in history, where, as far as opportunities to listen to people who are not like you, opportunities to get to listen to other people's experiences, especially people of color or who are queer or who are trans. Um, it's so easy to go out and find those things. Like just go like through hashtags. You can find Twitter accounts to follow. You can find people's blogs. You can find books to read. Like it's compared to 50, 60 years ago, it's so easy to be able to actually kind of choose, like, hey, I'm going to listen to other people's experiences and kind of see what that's like. Like, we have those resources and all it takes is literally just, like, that little bit of effort on your part to hunt down some social media, like, accounts or some spaces online where people are talking about these things just to even be able to, like, listen and see. And that's, like, it's a very tiny first step, but it is a step in the right direction. And...
1: Educate yourself.
0: Yeah, that's, like, probably the easiest way yeah yeah
1: thank you that was yeah thanks you so much
2: yeah, very thanks
0: for giving that one. great question so we did mention at the top of the show that like we lost a question not as in like we misplaced it um but <laughs> uh like it, it, we had to end up taking it out and so uh that means that kenzie gets another question <laughs> It's kind of feeling like the karaoke
1: lineup. Of I earlier. know, I know. I was like, it's okay. Every other person is Kenzie, but that's also great. I like
3: attention. And wonderful.
1: Uh, I get this, is it. A
3: more, this is just like a fun one, a little less philosophical. Um, I would really love to hear about a personal experience early in your polyamory journey that like really validated that you were on the right path, like a specific memory that you have in that moment, looking around at your life, like thinking like, this is where this is what I 'm supposed to be doing. This is where I'm supposed to be.
1: Hmm. Can I go first yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. This was very early in my polyamorous life, but this was when I was kind of a, I was in a quad with the two people next to me and Brad and uh basically yes i I think that I had gone on a date with Brad, and Jason Dedeker had gone on a date, and I think Dedeker went home for the evening. Mm-hmm. And Brad and I were at karaoke, of course, my favorite place. <laughs> and uh, Jace came by and just Jace was like singing a song. And I was like laughing with Brad and he seemed really happy. And we had had a great date. And I looked up and saw Jace and like he was like super happy. And and it was just like, fuck, like I have my two partners here with me. And everyone is, is okay. <laughs> and we're all very happy and like I'm also doing a thing that I love to do and like there is what what is better at this. If this isn't great, I don't know what is. Mm. To quote Kurt Vonnegut, I think. What? Is yeah. I, 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 I believe he said yeah. that <laughs> at one point. Yeah, sure. sure. I don't know. But yeah, anyways, that was uh It was too
0: slow to fact check here so. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <trail. laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. some some patrons gonna be like, "Nah, you're." I was gonna you're say Mauricio. Just wrong. edit. It. He's like, "Actually, no." <laughs> <laughs> Mauricio, chime in. But anyways, yeah, that was um, a very simple moment, but I remember my heart being so full. Yeah,
2: you got one. No, you you wanted to go next <laughs> Just is like, I don't got one. I'm, sorry, uh, I'm eating strawberries. <laughs> okay.
0: Just is like, I still haven't been validated in my polyamory. Oh
2: jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Aww.
0: Um, I don't know. A couple moments stand out to me. The earliest one is a little bit fuzzy. Um, but I think the earliest one was even at, like just the first time that I think that I got to like I used the the p word <laughs> in describing <laughs> myself to someone that I was dating, and Wait, I think. Which?
1: <laughs> oh, really, <laughs> Emery really <laughs> <Emery is. laughs>
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I That was a little slow on picking up. I don't even... What what other P word? I, I thought you were going to say, like, partner or something. I was like, oh. what? Where are we going with this? Sorry.
0: <laughs> okay, so the first... Gosh.
2: <laughs> it's going yeah, yeah. okay. anyway, to be
4: okay. I mean, was going to say... It's going to be okay. Well, the altitude or something. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
0: first time that I, like, used the term polyamory to describe myself and then also went on to kind of describe what that meant to me to someone that I gone on a couple dates with, I think, at this point. Um, And just the fact that they, for the first time, instead of this person being like, well, that's weird. I don't know if I could do that. And, like, asking a lot of questions with that tone of, like, not curiosity, but, like, you you better defend yourself to me. Um, Or the tone of, like, I'm really scared of this and I need to figure out what it means for me and how it affects me. Um, But the first time that the person that I was on a date with was just, like, curious and also, like, really positive and also really, like, related to it. Like, he hadn't had any experience, but for him, he was like, oh, my goodness, wow, like, I've totally felt that way and that makes so much sense. Like, I think the first time that I had this, like, really positive reaction to my self-description of my identity, that was kind of, like, the first step was, like, oh, this isn't just an instant turn off to everyone else on the planet, which at that <laughs> point, it started to feel like it was. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Yeah, I think after, like, for me, it's like a number of different tiny little milestones, you know, like the first time that I could, like, you know, come home from a date and then, like, go visit another partner and, like, talk about the date to my partner and it was, like, all fine and and good and, like, felt very normal. Um, I, to actually, the, my first time ever feeling compersion was a huge moment of validation. And, and I'm not, like, a huge compersion junkie or anything. And, and, like, sometimes I worry that compersion is too much, like, polyamory PR. Um, and sometimes sets up some unrealistic ideals for people. But that aside, um, the first time I ever actually felt that way was actually in our quad experience, mm-hmm. um, was well, like when I saw my partner, Brad, uh, like give Emily a kiss. And, um, you know, up until that point, like even though identified as polyamorous, like I still struggled for my first experience when someone else was also in love with someone else at the same time and like really struggled with what that meant and how I felt about that. So it hadn't been easy up to that point. But then like, Like I saw that and it was just like these fireworks went off inside of me and I didn't understand. it. I was like that, like my body shouldn't be feeling this way to seeing this. It's never felt this way before. And so I think for me, that experience was also this incredible, like, wow, like this does actually feel really good to me. It's not just in the moments that are more selfish where I feel like I have all the partners and no one else has any partners or anything like that. It is actually also feeling good to me, even when I'm not directly Benefiting from this arrangement, so I think that was that was it for me. What you got? <laughs> Come on, Jace. you got it's, you got it's, one. It's hard because
2: I feel like it's it's just like this constant process. But I will say that one experience that that I had that I really appreciated, and this was even earlier than Emily's, who uh, was
0: uh, right. <laughs> it's not a competition
1: for God's sake. Seriously,
2: <laughs> no, is is right around the time that Emily and I opened up our relationship, um, you know, Emily felt like this is important that we tell our families about this. Cause you know, mm-hmm. they had known us together monogamously for a while and she's like, we should tell them about this. And so you were kind of like, ah. you know, and I, I had, you know, phone calls with my, you know, my dad and my mom and my brother. And specifically my brother was the one actually my brother and my mom were the ones that really surprised me that, my brother his response was sort of like oh huh, that's interesting yeah my uh your girlfriend learned about that in one of her courses in college uh you should check out sex at dawn uh that's actually a book that you know <laughs> talks about some of that stuff from this uh right like whatever and and just that his response was so like didn't need to be like Oh gosh, well that's not something I want to do. Like you better not be trying to convince me to do it, but still being like, oh yeah, like I've heard that that's that's a a thing that that people do and that there's <laughs> potentially some scientific backing for why that might be a thing we'd want to do and and whatever. So that was his response, and then you know my mom too. In her response, at one point, you know, she was a little bit like, huh, so what? How does that work? Uh, okay, and then you know I kind of explained it, and she's like, huh. I don't know. I kind of wish I could do that. That sounds nice, <laughs> but just that. <laughs> just on, that you she you it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's not something that that she's decided to do. Uh, but
1: <laughs> that's all right
2: too. So for me, actually, like I feel very lucky that I got to have those mm. those positive experiences. I've had other negative ones, but that those two were specifically that positive. Uh, was was sort of this like, oh, okay. I haven't come up with something that's so outlandish and terrible and immoral that, that no one could ever love me for, for wanting this. So for me, I I was lucky that I got to have that experience in that way. Um, and then after that had lots of experiences with people saying it's terrible and immoral and you're an awful person and you're a cult leader and all that sort of stuff. True story. You know,
1: cult leader. (laughs) Mm. Yeah,
2: not yet. Um, What was she, that? What was that? Yeah, they don't <laughs> fight it. Jeez. Right? That's what we should be telling. Don't, telling don't, out. don't, fight, it it, don't fight it. It is oh where the money is at. Oh
0: that's,
2: what, that's what they tell me. Yeah, oh
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah done. We get know.
2: to have cool like uniforms and stuff. No, no, <laughs> that no. sounds good. No, no, no. <laughs> Everyone brought the
4: cooling.
2: <laughs> no, but uh Yeah, so I guess there's there have been many things along the way though. Cause then, you know, there's also been periods of that being really hard, and then having those little Unique situations of like being at, uh, you know, being at karaoke with
0: all these karaoke. Memories. Another karaoke, karaoke know, right? is
2: awesome. <laughs> like being at karaoke with Dedeker and another uh, guy that both of us were dating. Oh
1: yeah, and right. you know,
2: being able to like sing songs sort of at both of them while like they're being sweet with each other, and then I get to come up and hug them and like doing that. And and just kind of that we were all that comfortable with it was like that was another one of those experiences or even in other ways, the even after the three of us were not all dating each other, being able to have the experience of like talking to people about us. And they're like, oh, so you guys are a triad and you do a podcast, especially other polyamorous people, right? I hashtag being not like, a
1: throuple. Yeah. We're not,
2: not a throuple. <laughs> not a throuple. Or a triad. <laughs> like, we're actually this other thing. And for them to go, whoa, of that... <laughs> that is crazy. What? right? Right. Like, yeah, then maybe, maybe on the other side of them saying, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, I can't even amazing. believe it. That's amazing. And And me remembering other relationships from the past and being like, there's no way that could have happened. Yeah. Like, there's no way... Not that that can't happen with, you know, former partners and friends and stuff in monogamous relationships, but for me, it could not have happened. Um, so I think that was another one of those really cool, validating moments.
0: It seems like the key is karaoke, really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all of you I mean, I have think you're on the wrong sung track. beautifully
1: today. So
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the karaoke earlier was great. I uh-huh. know uh, It was so uh-huh. good. Um, w- we do have one uh, question that's not a question.
0: Yeah, that was anonymously submitted.
2: Um, do we want to have someone read it?
0: Yeah, the, so they, okay, this was anonymously submitted, and they said, I want someone else to read on the show, so, and it's short. Do you have a
2: volunteer to read? Read it if I can read it in a funny voice. Uh, what? Sure, yeah. Okay. Love it. Sorry, Trevor. Oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, oh okay. I'm sorry, to you. Well, Trevor, you. can
0: you, can you one-up the funny voice bit? Is it a funny question? I, do, I
1: don't want
2: to do it. Well, it's not we're really not, not going to give it away. Okay, okay. okay just, it's okay. short. It's very short. Well, it's an anonymous we'll
1: go for voice, it. So. It's, okay. it's two sentences. Just do an anonymous voice, go. whatever that is. I don't know.
0: Whatever you do, <laughs> okay. you got to commit to it, though.
3: It's mm. very bright. And which way am I? It's not the that, one that way.
1: says anonymous in green there.
3: <laughs> <clears throat> okay, I'll read it like this. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Emily, your voice is like liquid gold in my ears. <laughs> you are an amazing goddess.
2: <laughs> Thank,
0: Thank you not so a much. Question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Oh, me, by the way. <laughs> okay, are you sure?
2: <laughs> but you are, though, Emily. <laughs> you are. Oh, jeez. Oh, goodness. Can we do a couple takes? <laughs> yeah, does someone else want to try? We'll no, do auditions. No, oh, my God. oh,
0: my goodness. Jennifer's <laughs> like, no. I oh, will uh, one more take. One more take. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, now on it, on, it like, feels go. like it's just my indulgent my on Emily's aid. part.
2: <laughs> Only on that first step. <laughs> Only on that first step, yeah. <laughs> All right, where is it? The, the green anonymous. Yeah. Emily. Oh, oh wow. That's good. Your voice... Is
3: like liquid gold in my ear. You are an amazing
1: goddess. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. Wow, that was, okay. that was beautiful, yeah, that was both was of good. you. Yeah.
2: And now, and now, like Mauricio, if you could edit those two on top of each other, like the creepy, <laughs> Whoa. like the sci-fi voice, you know, Whoa. that's the uh, yeah. 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 Whoa. Nice. And then oh. Emily can set that as her alarm clock in the morning. He, uh, <laughs> I mean I appreciate the affirmation like yeah, pump you up I need before any audition or something No totally oh, yeah, cuz yeah. I
1: definitely it, it, mostly what people say about my voice is like it's so unusual <laughs> and I'm like yeah <laughs> I know yeah,
0: no I, 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 I I'm, really un- I'm really uncomfortable with this it's okay I've I had
1: enough affirmation for one yeah. day but thank you thank you all mm-hmm. no, that was well, do we feel that like was we my have, limit we have some ta- a little bit of time,
0: time I know maybe
1: like one one, one or two more, yeah there was yeah. someone someone in the back who had a question yeah, I see. yeah. please yeah. come on down y- you
2: in the multi-emory shirt
1: <laughs> I see that multi-emory shirt
2: <laughs> ooh uniforms I was talking about those a second ago <laughs> that's true. you're
1: right you're right there have been a couple around today <laughs> uh so I live with a partner that I've lived with for about six years, and she's moving to another country to go to grad school for an indeterminate amount of time, but
2: at least a year. And I was wondering if you guys had advice and kind of thoughts on how you transition a relationship into that long-distance style relationship. Oh, boy. Do we ever?
1: <laughs> I mean, considering these two sitting next to me are like half the year long
2: distance. Yeah. It's right. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, f- gosh, I mean, I went through a very similar thing where uh, a couple of years ago, Dedeker said, you know, bye. I'm getting They're rid of <laughs> I'm getting rid of all my things and, and traveling the world. And I'd want to do that on my own. And I don't uh, know when I'm coming back. And I don't know when I'm coming back. Maybe never. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I've, I've been there it, and uh, and it sucked. It wasn't, that wasn't a fun experience. So I'm not going to say, oh, just two bits and it's all fine. <laughs> uh, but as far as transitioning that, honestly, a lot of the tools that we talk about on the show, like things like Radar, help a lot with that because... I found that in the past for me, in trying to do long distance relationships, even if it was like, oh, we're going to be, you know, temporarily long distance for this, this reason that there's a couple of things. One is that, especially since sometimes it can be hard to coordinate when you're going to talk to each other or when you're going to video chat with each other, um, Especially with time zones, right? But even if it's not that, that can be challenging to figure out how to schedule. And so that time gets limited. <laughs> kind of to come back to Kenzie's question mm-hmm. from the beginning. That time can get limited. And so I find like that there's there's two sides. On the one hand, you you like never want to talk about anything hard or heavy. Because we get such precious little time, let's just try to enjoy it. And having something like radar gives you that like, well, I know we're going to talk about this once a month or once every two weeks or however often we decide that's going to work for us. So you know you have that. So if something comes up, you could think like, okay, well, our radar is only two weeks away. Maybe I'll write it down and I'll wait to bring it up then. So you don't have that pressure of like, do I bring this up and ruin like this one time we get to talk this week or whatever it is. And then on the other side, a a very, uh, you know, armchair psychologist theory that I came up with years ago (laughs) was that when we're long distance with someone, there's a certain, like, just emotional intensity that we don't get to have with them Mm because we don't have, like, physical touch or we don't have, uh, you know, those sorts of physical intimacy that have those kind of hormonal reactions and, like, cause feelings of any kind in us. And so I think that that sometimes we can actually, on the other hand, have more serious conversations while we're long distance because then we get to feel something because huh, uh, yeah. then right, so even if it's because I'm crying and I'm upset or i'm or I'm whatever it is that you're you're feeling at least, and that's the thing that it's hard to feel like you're not getting um again, very armchair psychologist, I have no backing for this <laughs> whatsoever um well except for a bunch of years of being long distance with your partner uh, my own personal experience sure (laughs) yeah that that maybe that's what was going on but i think also having something like radar having a regular check-in also gives you the opportunity to then try different stuff and so like with Dedeker and myself it was okay um you know, during the radar, talk about, like, let's try a different video chat service. Or, (laughs) hey, I have an idea about how we could play this particular video game together remotely that's not a two-player game, but I think I figured out a way we can do a screen-sharing thing so that'll work. Or, um, you know, we've spent a lot of our time getting really stressed out over these video games we've been playing. Like, what if instead (laughs) this month (laughs) we tried, uh, you know watching movies together and talking about those or we what talk if... about
0: more serious things than just like video games and movies. But, but... Nah. <laughs> My,
2: the point I'm trying to make though, is not about just, you should play video games and watch movies all the time. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that it gives you the chance to try different things. Hmm. And then it's like, we'll try this for a month and see how it goes. And then it's like, okay, like I still wish we had more of this. And then it's like, okay, let's try another thing. Mm-hmm. Rather than that kind of like, do I bring it up now? Do I, like, I don't want to mess up the plans we already have. It kind of gives you a way to do that. And that, once we started doing that, uh, helped a ton um, with all sorts of different things, like finding designated texting time with each other or just all sorts of different things that we've tried that we then will adapt now, depending on what time zones we're in relative to each other or what our internet access is like or things like that.
0: Yeah, I've definitely found since now I am in a weird version of life where it's like half the year I'm long distance with one partner and then the other chunk of the year I'm long distance with a different partner that like having a regular check in is seriously paramount. Um, Not just for negotiating things or trying things, but also because the fact that like when you are long distance, you lose a little bit of that, you know, being in each other's day to day lives. And it gives you a chance to just like catch up, you know, like like the part of the radar where you're sitting and looking at your Google Calendar. Where you can be like, oh, I didn't tell you about this like silly dinner party I went to two weeks ago, but let me tell you about that now. And it's not like it's necessarily relevant to you, but it's me filling you in on my life and bringing you into that space intimately that you would have gotten when we're living together. But now it's a little bit interrupted. Um, and uh, just the other thing I was going to say, I guess this is kind of like post-transition when you actually are long distance. Um send a lot more selfies than you think is appropriate. Mm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that's there's,
0: there is a reason for that. Like this is something that comes up in therapy. The thing is that like, there is a part of your brain that can't tell the difference between a real person's face and like a picture of a person's face. Huh. Like there's, there's like your, your prefrontal cortex knows the difference, but there's like a deeper part of your brain that doesn't know the difference. And so, Where it often comes up in therapy is, like, if you have a bunch of unresolved stuff with your father, for instance, but your father's dead, then you can, like, put a picture up and, like, talk out your stuff. And it feels silly, but it actually kind of unlocks some stuff in your brain and in your emotions that wouldn't otherwise just thinking about it. Um, And the same thing with relationships that, like... Do a lot more FaceTime or Skyping than you think is appropriate, even if it's short calls, even if it's just like, you know, I'm on my lunch break, let's just talk for 20 minutes, but let's do it FaceTime. And same thing with just like send way more selfies than you think are appropriate because of triggering that, like kind of hacking that part of your brain to get those kind of pheromones released, at least in part, that would be if you actually were together because that part of your brain doesn't know the difference. So.
1: Uh, the, the last thing I was going to say, and I'm sure that you do a great job of this, but just try to be happy for your partner as well, that they get to do that. Um, because I think so often, like, we will internalize it and be like, oh, my God, you're leaving me. Mm-hmm. This is all going to become about how how hard this is for me in this moment instead of being genuinely happy for them that they get this opportunity. Um I'm sure you're amazing at it already. (laughs) But just amazing at being happy. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure you're amazing at uh, being there for your partner. But Mm -hmm. yeah, just something to remember.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to info at multiamory.com. You can send us a message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can also leave us a voicemail at everyone together. Six, six seven, eight, M-U-L-T-I-05. Oh, I love that it so, so much. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you can also leave us a voice message on Facebook. To support our show and join our private Facebook community and come to awesome private Patreon-only events like this, go to patreon.com slash multiamory. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren. Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamry.com.
2: Emily, your voice is like liquid
0: gold in my ears. You are an amazing goddess. <laughs> With the Lucky slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.